What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. We are here in this lovely studio, and this week we've got someone on the show who I am so excited for. I have been a big fan of this person since they first stepped foot in a wrestling ring, and even before that, when they did MMA. We got Shayna Baszler on the show this week, and we talk about it a little bit. You're going to hear us, but this is one of the first people, this is the first person that I've had on the show who is someone I used to sit beside in the crowd at PWG shows and watch wrestling and cheer along with them when they were just a fan like me. So to be able to talk about their journey into the ring, you know, the, the, you know, the, her relationship with Ronda Rousey, all this stuff was super, super fun for me. I really think that you guys are going to like this conversation. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Shayna Baszler. I want to start this off cool. asking you the same thing I ask all my other guests, and that's how much of your real true self is there in the character that you play on TV right now? Well, I think um, it's uh, probably going to give you the same answer that everyone gives you, and I think it's just an over-exaggerated version of of real me because I always talk about uh, submissions and wrestling as um, being interesting to me because you're solving the like Rubik's cube of a human body, right? Everybody moves differently and whatnot. And that's, what's so intriguing about sports like that. Um, so in some sense, I really do enjoy taking apart people's limbs. Um, and then there is very much a, a part of me that believes that I could smoke anyone in that locker room anytime I wanted. So I walk out with that because it's easy for me to carry that. You know, I think fans can can smell when you're faking the funk. And that's why they always say, like, the best uh, character is your is true to yourself. So, Well, you strike me as someone who has two different personalities. Because, yes, all that you said is obviously true, what you said about yourself and stuff. But also at the same time, I feel like there's this side of you that isn't as intense. That's much more of a fun, happy go lucky person that people don't see as much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not an insane person, so I'm not just like walking through publics wanting to like break everyone's arm, but you know, if someone's gonna, um, it, if someone's going to step to me, I'm not going to back down, you know, that's, that's real life. But yeah, I, I, you know, I play, I do all kinds of nerdy stuff. Like every other wrestler out there, I play video games. We were just talking about that. I, um, I'm a one wheel nerd. I'm going on a ride later tonight, even. So I'm into star Wars and Warhammer and all kinds of nerdy stuff, but, but not to get into this too much, but it's all badass stuff too. So still, <laughs> that, that still is, on that's brand. a good point. Yeah. That is still very on brand. Wait, I want to, <laughs> okay, wait, two of those things that you just mentioned right there. Uh, one, the one wheel thing. So is it just an electric skateboard? Cause I was looking at your page and I saw you're very into this, but I feel like me saying it's just an electric skateboard is offensive with how much you're into it. It's so there are electric skateboards, which are four wheels, like a skateboard that are electric. A one wheel is more like, um, it, it's those things you see. That's a skateboard with the one yeah, like, yeah. rubber the tire in like the, the middle. balance wheel so kind of things. I think it, I think it handles a little more like snowboarding. Okay. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you can like turn a little bit more on a dime just because it is the one wheel. But, um, a lot of like, the group I hang out with, there's a lot of like uh, older people that used to skateboard back in the day that are really good at it and stuff. So I think it all kind of translates over. They look super fun. I was watching some of the videos that you it's, posted and I was like, that actually looks like it would be a good time. It's a blast. And you get to like, um, when you get good and you get to go on like mountain bike trails with it and you get like these amazing views that you wouldn't otherwise, it's, it's a blast. I got these like uh, bone conduction headphones because you still want to hear like when people need to pass you and stuff, but. 
just put the music on and and cruise around it's awesome is it like the how like with the airpods where it like you can hear the music but it also like amplifies the things that you need to hear basically it's it's um if you've ever played an oculus quest it's the same sort of uh way they do their sound so you can hear the game but you can also hear the room it's not plugging anything into your ears it's just kind of playing it on your temples i don't know how to explain it no that makes sense that makes sense then you also mentioned star wars uh and you pointed it out in the background you've got the return of the jedi poster a few people haven't seen it yet but have you are you watching obi-wan i just got done watching it i just i i won't spoil it even though this is going to air a week after uh it came (laughs) out and but all these people here are going to kill me if we spoil it but uh dude (laughs) I, I, i don't think this is spoiling anything though I just say, I Loved think anyone it. watching it that's watching this or listening or anyone here, I think everyone's expecting that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader are going to have one final, you know, encounter with each other. And it was, dude, I was literally sitting there with a smile on my face, like ear to ear, just like so happy watching I got, it. I got like kind of emotional even because yeah. like I was like, man, these guys were like family, like really like brothers. And I think like you, you have to put yourself into that to really get into the story and why the story is so emotional is like these guys are mortal enemy it's bro- it's it's a it's a story that's been told a hundred times right but really put yourself in that like think of like your closest family member or your closest friend and then just like turning on everything you guys ever believed in and it's your job to take it like that's crazy to me so yeah i got i got a little i got a little emotional I fully, I think I teared up more the, the, the last scene, which I won't spoil for everyone here, but that last scene, uh, yeah. I, I definitely was sitting there like, my, my fiance walked by me and I had to be like, oh, no, don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, I got people I'm watching with will like turn their phones on and be like trying to film me on the side. So I got to still kind of be cool because I know it'll get out there. But yeah, it's, it, it, it was great. I loved, I loved the series. Well, the reason I brought up you having, uh, you know, another personality that people don't always see is because this is kind of cool for me. Uh, you know, this is you're the first person I've had on the show where I actually like sat beside them in the crowd watching wrestling together for a certain amount of time. So it's really That's cool crazy. for me. It's so crazy, dude. And the other day I got tagged in uh, a, I got tagged in a post on Instagram where it was Roddy doing his full heel thing in the ring. And I saw the two of us just both like overreacting to everything he was doing <laughs> in the ring. And I was like, oh, man, those were such good times. Yeah, those were the days. And it's it's crazy to think that, um, you know, a big majority, I don't even know if I want to say majority, but a good amount of those guys that, um, you know, we used to sit and freak out and watch are like my coworkers now, or at least at some point were, you know, so it's, it's, I never, I, and you know this, because you were sitting next to me, I never put myself here. I was like training for wrestling and whatnot. And then um, I went to a show and I saw, uh, I, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever really be good at that the way it is today. Because I, I, I come from this, like people know, I come from like this Billy Robinson, Josh Barnett, old school style of training. And I was watching this indie stuff and I'm like, this is not, the stuff I do is not what people look for today, clearly. So I just kind of thought it wasn't, gonna happen as big as it has but then um i went to japan and wrestled for a while and they they like love that style over there so it got me really comfortable with with being what i am even within today's landscape of what wrestling is how long was it from when you started to when you got to japan it was like what like two years something like that is that sound right it was like uh let's see yeah it was almost exactly two years 
Well, when did you, okay, so what, at what point, though, did you decide, like, I'm going to do this? Because you just said, like, you didn't think you were going to do it. You were in the crowd. You were watching as a fan. But, like, what was it that finally made you go, like, you know what, dude? Like, I'm going to do this. Uh, so when I got invited to a WWE tryout, I think it was a thing where I was, like, a, a side of me was, like, man, I don't know. I'm not, because this was, like, right before the first May Young Classic. I had my tryout, like, maybe six months before, uh, maybe a little bit longer, but it, it was, it was before all that, um, the, the, the kind of women's evolution, the change in women's wrestling was just starting to happen. Right. So like, uh, Bailey and Sasha was, were kind of having their feud go on. So it was during this time and I got a tryout and I was like, man, is this something I like, would this be a waste of my time? Am I not even something they would look at or, or is this like, do I do this? You know what I mean? Where I was tossing this around and then um, it's funny. So I was on, I was on an airplane, I think probably coming back from an indie show or something like that. And uh, this song came on the, on my Spotify and it's, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Man, I'm having a, I'm having a brain freeze right now. Uh, <laughs> but there's a line in there that says, um, how will I know the difference between limits and lies if I don't try? And it was like a line in the plane where I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. What if it is all a lie? And they would like, am I just not going to try because I heard someone say they don't, you know what I mean? Like limits and lies. The only difference is, is what you tell is, is like trying or not. Yep. Right. Yep. So I was like, screw it. And I was all in, I was like, I knew I would be in better shape than anybody at that tryout. And I was, and I knew that, like, I had something that no other girl, even, like, the best girls in the world at the time could could do and offer. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to give them everything, and I'm going to know that if if I don't get signed, you know, it's not on me. It's on what whatever, like, product they're, they're wanting to put out, and maybe I don't fit into that. And I was um, – I had my tryout, didn't hear anything back. I went to Japan, and I remember being in Japan – and uh i remember like we had gone on like a uh like a the dojo i was with we had gone on a, like a vacation and i was sitting in a hot tub at this spa and i remember being like you know what this is pretty awesome i'll probably never get signed you know i i clearly i haven't heard back from him so man this is cool though i'm traveling all over the world i'm I was training at the time at the at that dojo and then i would go at night to the uwfi snake pit which is like the 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 real catch wrestling school that uh billy robinson started over there and um i was like i'm this is awesome what what other i'm living like a pretty sweet life so i had kind of like decided like okay i did it it's not a big deal i didn't make it and then almost like within the week that i got home from japan i got a call about the mayon classic so it's so crazy kind of wild how like things work like that when you're in your mind and you finally convinced yourself like you know what I'm comfortable. I'm happy. I don't even need to worry about that. And then it just arrives on your front doorstep when you're like, this is the thing that I did. I just, I just gotten past this and now we're here. But, you know, obviously you still take the opportunity, but it's funny how those opportunities always happen when you least expect it. But I think it's like better that way. You know, like if I had gotten mad and I didn't make the decision for my, like if I had still thought su success to me meant being signed, you know, like at some point, everyone retires or 
stops wrestling. You know, if I hadn't come to that decision, then I would have to come to it eventually, you know? So it's just, it's just, um, I think it's better for, to have it then than to be like, you know, I don't want to retire long past when I'm supposed to, because I haven't, I haven't like come to reason with that, like measure of success yet, you know? Yeah, totally. And also, you know, you, it's cool to see that you've been constantly, you've always been leveling up, you know, ever since you were doing MMA, you've been on this constant journey of leveling up. So obviously, you know, it made all the sense in the world for you to go to WWE. Wait, question before we move past Japan, uh, is the soup really that good in the vending machines? Cause you got all crazy on me on Twitter once. <laughs> Man, I, the corn soup. Listen, the corn soup. They have vending machines. Just it'll there'll be like a random vending machine in an alley. It's it sounds weird, but it's Japan, and and you you'll get this corn soup, and it's hot already somehow, and you just open it and drink this corn soup. It's the best. I'm telling you, ask anyone that's been to Japan. It's the best. Yeah, no, when you said that, the replies were filled with everybody, a bunch of wrestlers who had traveled to Japan being like, yeah, you don't know what you're missing out with the corn soup, dude. I couldn't picture yeah. hot items of food coming from a vending machine. Like, my mind is so, like, you know, used to the American ones, where even when you've got, like, the slot, it's so cold and, like, old. Yeah. You know, I couldn't picture I don't know. hot soup from It, from it comes machine. out already warm and not too warm. The perfect warm. And so you can, you get it out of the machine, crack it, and you're having it, and... And uh, so, like, they have um, in, like, the little gas stations, like, little 7-Elevens and whatnot, they have little sections where it's, like, canned coffees, right? Like any, like, any, like, gas station, I guess. But they'll have one that's all, all the cans are warm coffee. And then the one next to it is, like, if you want them cold, if you're a cold coffee drinker. That, that's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome over there, right? There's a reason we all love it. <laughs> That's awesome. What what else do you enjoy about Japan the most? Um, I think I just I think like the food is my favorite thing about Japan. But honestly, the culture of like it, like it, it's it's weird to think how small the scope of our world is. So I think like when I went to Japan, I didn't know any Japanese um but everyone in Japan can like speak enough English to at least be able to stumble through a conversation. You know what I mean? Like, um, like even, even now I'll, I'll talk to like, uh, like when I would work with EO, um, at NXT, I, I can talk to her and then someone would try to say something to her and they wouldn't be understanding each other. And they would turn to me and be like, can you help me? Can you tell her this and that and that? And I'm not speaking Japanese, but I'm translating because I know the certain way to speak English. Um, but like when you, if you flip that, if someone Japanese doesn't know any English and they're here in the United States, it's not like we don't know Japanese enough to like stumble through a Japanese conversation. You know what I mean? Like, and I think there was actually a moment when I was flying back home from being in Japan for three months where a person was trying to order at like a McDonald's or something in the, in the airport. And the person at the counter was doing that thing where she was just talking louder. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Like yeah. what? No, what number? What number? <laughs> and like the Japanese, and it was like this eye opening moment where I was like, man, in Japan, like it's just normal that they know enough. You know, I'm sure if you get to the smaller, like, farm villages and whatnot but i was in the cities obviously wrestling most of the time and like the, I, I never had a problem at least finding someone that called someone over that knew a little bit more english to like 
be able to, like I said, at least get through a conversation. Well, being courteous feels minimum. like it's a big thing out there. Like I, you know, I've never been there, obviously, but just from afar, it feels like you know, politeness and being courteous is like yeah. a, a, a foundation of of being of living in Japan. They very much think of other people to be more important than themselves. Um, that sounds, and I'm not saying one way is better than the other. It's just a cultural difference in America. I think, especially in recent times, you get this like, you can't tell me what to do. It's my choice. But in Japan, they're very like, okay, if this is going to help everyone else, I know I hate this, but I'm going to put a happy face on and do this because it's going to help everyone else. And um, that's just a cultural thing. And so it's, it's yes, everyone's very polite. I left uh, one night. I was out late um, in Rapongi studying. <laughs> and... Um, I had, we took like the last train home and I had left, like we went straight from training. So I had my gear bag and I always carried my passport with me in case like, like if the apartment burns down, at least I can get home. You know, I carried my passport, my wallet. I had all my training gear. I left this bag in the train and it was the last train. And if anyone understands the train system in Tokyo, it's, it's insane. It's like the most complicated train system in the world, I think. But uh, I get off the train and I'm going to the guy and we're doing the thing where I'm stumbling through England, like I'm pointing at the map, like I went here to here, you know, trying to tell him. And basically he tells me to come back the next morning when when the station opened and I came back, it was like five in the morning or something. And uh, they had made a little map for me of like, okay, ride the train, go here, stop off at this one, take the blue train here. Stop here. There's a lost and found. Your bag will be there. And so we, all of us that I was staying with at the time, all of us guys in, we got in there and uh, took this trip after training to this random train station to the lost and found. And all my stuff was still in it. My passport, my money, my gear. Your money was still in it? Yes. And there's no other, I truly believe there's no other country in the world that I would have like had all my stuff back completely intact. That's why when you said, I don't know which ones, I, I don't want to say which one's better or worse. I was thinking to myself, uh, I think the courteous nation is a little better than the selfish <laughs> nation. Just there saying. Are, there are times. Yeah, there are times, but I mean, there's pros and cons, right? Totally. Because I did I, see like there, there are um, like any, like any rest, like you would see uh, people. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to name specific examples, but you'd see someone in mental distress. And everybody's just around them pretending it's fine because because in their mind, it's going to be uncomfortable to the group uh, to, like, address this issue. You know what I mean? And, I, I, like, so there, there, there's pros and cons to it. But, like, for sure, it's, like, as far as um, being a foreigner in a, in, a, in a weird country that you don't know and, like, not knowing your way around and stuff, like, it's, it's – I'd feel better as a foreigner in Japan than, like, a foreigner in America and being able to find your way easier, you know? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And, and obviously I'm not hating on America. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I, not, I one, like, is, one is I, not better. It's just cultural. Yeah. I just meant the like, cultural thing of like being polite as like the, the go-to is like nice. the default. Yeah. The default yeah. of being nice is better than the default of like just walking the other like, way. Yeah. Like <laughs> just don't bother me rather than I don't, it's it. That's what it is. It's don't bother me. Or is this going to bother them? Yes, yes, definitely. Like, that's the totally different, yeah. Well, what did you enjoy most about your time in NXT once you got there? 
I'll take a sip too. So, so we're both on a water break here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'll, I will go to my deathbed and say that that women's locker room at the time that we had, um, like around the first women's war games match and like that locker room around that time period. So before and after a little bit, um, that was the best women's locker room there has ever been in women's wrestling. I'll put it up against all Japan women. I'll put like that locker room. Not only was it didn't matter who you picked out of that locker room. You'd be like, Oh man, they're going to have a match. That's going to be a banger. Like every girl was worth her salt. And on top of that, and this is the rarity in all women's sports is that everybody got along. There were no issues. Everybody just wanted to tell the best story. Um, everybody just wanted to put on the best match, you know, in hindsight. And we've said this, like in recent years, things have changed a lot just because of the landscape of the world and what happened. But like, we really took that for granted. I think like you never know you're in the best times when you're in them, but man, that, that locker room, like some of my best friends came out of that locker room. And like I said, that's why I think those stories at that time that were going on in XT were so engaging too, because we all just wanted to tell the the best story. It wasn't trying to position ourselves to be the best player. It was like, I, this is, this is where I'm at in this story. I'm going to be the, it's going to be the best story there ever was. And, and I, it, still to this day, I will say that was the best women's locker room there's ever been in wrestling. There's been other women's matches, obviously that were historic and you can name other women's wrestlers that were that are like the best in the world. But as far as the locker room as a whole, the best women's locker room there's ever been. Well, that's going to be a good debate online when I cut this clip. Because, <laughs> but I, but I got to say, like, you know, it, I didn't experience some of those Japanese ones, that, you know, and, and that, that everyone, you know, puts on a pedestal and stuff. But I lived watching, you know, your guys' era and NXT. And, man, like, I – whether you think one or the other is better, what you can definitively say is that, like, your guys' generation – absolutely influenced an entire generation of female wrestlers i mean you see them now on nxt where there's some of the ones that are starting off now saying like that's why i got into it because i saw that and i wanted to be part of it and there's you know women from you know that are older too that were like you know what i that's something i could do like i want to do that yeah. not what i saw in wrestling before and so um you know looking back on it and it, it must just feel cool to have like been part of such a influential time in wrestling Man, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about too. And sometimes like there's a lot of ups and downs in this business. And so, um, you know, 2020 was hard for everyone. Um, but like really when, when the times are during those down times, one of the things that gets me like onto the next good time is like knowing like, man, that I have like, I'm really proud of the body of work that not just myself, but we as a women's locker room put on during that era of NXT. You can, you can, like I said, you can say there's like better matches or whatever, but as far as the storytelling and the emotions, like that match I had when Rhea took the title off of me, there's, there's been great women's matches. You can, everyone can name, like everyone will name the top, the same, maybe like two or three in their top five of women's matches that like changed things. But, but like, even amongst those, when was the last time you remember the audience being so happy? The bad guy lost. Yes. And that the good guy won, that they stormed the ring so much that 
the locker room was sent out with them. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. That's, that's that the body of work we put together and it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. You know, I can, I, I, I want to get that out there because it takes everyone working together to, to build that moment. But like, that's, that's a moment like the crowd being so happy. The bad guy finally lost. Like I said, you can say this match was great or whatever. Yay. But that emotion is something that like, we all as a locker room made moments like that. And that's something I can be proud of. So that gets me through those times when I'm like, man, I have, I, I feel like I'm directionless right now. Like I have that to fall back on to, and to kind of hang on to. So it's, it's, I, I that's going to be a period in my life. That's, you know, it's, it, it was great. Yeah. Well, I'll put you over a little bit since you put over the other people because <laughs> yeah, you, that time, man, like it's, it's funny, you know, we're friendly with each other. Like we said, I said earlier, we talked about it. We sat in the crowd together. I wanted to see you lose so bad. That's how good of a heel you were at the time. Like, you were so good. It was like, when is she going to lose? She's so dominant. She's beaten all of our favorites. Like, who can finally beat her? Yeah. And it was, it was great, man. Like, the storytelling that you guys did at that time, man, like, God, I miss it so much just because it was like, as a, it's giving as me chills right know, now. I even think about like I was I, just getting to begin too. <laughs> like this, just the the, yeah, like and and every moment, uh, like leading up to it, the people like tweeting, "What's happening? She's ruining the entire division." Like, yes, you're supposed to believe that. <laughs> like, that's the thing that's funny is when when people start feeling a real way about wrestling. Uh, uh, so not to like get all preachy, but. One thing I really like take pride in is people feel real things about me and my wrestling and anyone involved in stories with me. So like, you can be like, Oh man, what a great job as a bad guy to like make the audience boo. But like people really believed like I was ruining the NXT women's division and like, you're supposed to feel real stuff. That's that was designed. You know what I mean? And people it's so foreign like the secret is out about pro wrestling that it's so foreign to feel a real way that when they feel something real, they think it's, they think it's bad. They start to be like, I mean? Oh, like, why would you do that? You've made me angry. And you're like, wait, but that was, that was the point yes. of what I'm doing here. I was trying to make you angry. It's make you invested in the story that we're telling. Yes. And they, and, and you know, they're, they're like, what is this? Uh, Shayna's a bully and, and they're supposed to be an anti-bullying company. And it's like, yes, yes, you're supposed to feel this way. Like, how frustrating is it that you support this company that is anti-bullying and no one can stop the bully? You're supposed, like, when you feel real stuff, that's when you should be able, I wish more fans could take a step back and be like, whoa, I totally got fooled here for a sec. You know what I mean? Because oh, like yeah. I said, at that time, <laughs> This is like to, uh, for like a book later, but like at that time we were all really good friends in the locker room, and everyone's like Shayna's ruining everything. Da, da, da. And I was, like, you got fooled. We did good, <laughs> you know. Like it was it, when you're feeling real stuff about wrestling, you got to step back, no matter what it is. Well, it's funny. You like step back and go. It's funny, like you and Dakota, you know, like had this like epic rivalry with each other, and you guys are like, yeah. and then. <laughs> You know, years later, you guys are doing like you know video game streams together as like homies, and I'm like, and you go like, hey, wait, wait a second. Like, you know? if, if only people knew how verbally abusive Dakota was to me all the time, they would, they would, uh, they would uh, be surprised to think that I was the bully. I was, I that was a that was like a running joke we had too. Was that 
the the fans didn't know the whole story and I was the actual baby face in that story that was like and she was the bully that was the like locker room joke about it because she's always like she's real um uh what is it like mouthy she'll she'll she, she's got a sharp tongue so it was funny well uh moving topics here how did you and Ronda Rousey first become friends so Ronda is the reason the UFC started having women's fighting. So Ronda was like the first women's fight in the UFC, obviously. Um, and at that point in time, I had already been fighting for like 12 years or something, like a long time. Um, I'd spent, you know, over a decade of my MMA career was spent in the top 10. So whenever Ronda would come up as being Ronda, just claiming she's the best or whatever, I'd get tagged and stuff. Cause like I was one of the few um, that she hadn't, uh fought yet or whatever and so it was kind of one of these things where we were kind of always crossing paths virtually um and then the first season of the ultimate fighter that had women season 18 um and like the ultimate fighter is like generally for up-and-comer fighters right so initially knee-jerk wise i wasn't going to do it because i'd already been fighting as far as mma went i I, in my mind I, i should be signed I'm not going to do the ultimate fighter. Yeah, and you were already a known commodity like, in, in MMA. Yeah. So it kind of, I, I, I don't know. I just wasn't going to do it. I, I figured, I mean, I'll get signed a different way, you know? Uh, but my manager at the time was like, listen, everybody can name the season one winner, even if they're not an MMA fan, but like, can you name, how many people do you think can name like season 12's winner? And it was this thing where it was like, when it's the first it's the most known. So he, he said to me, do you want some new girl to like become more known just because she was on the ultimate fighter? Like, just go, just go do it. And so I went on the ultimate fighter. Um, and I mean, it didn't go exactly as planned. I was the number one seed in the house and got upset in the first round. Um, and then they, they, uh, you know, they make me out to be this horrible bad guy which i think is a blessing in disguise because i got my first real taste of like social media hate and so i think by the time i came to wwe that which is even more visible so it there's even more haters i think i was already i'm already you know i'm already over it but like um i yeah so i got on the ultimate fighter and ronda picked me for her team and we first walk up to each other and shake hands and i'm like Hey, I feel like we should have already met by now and just right away connected, like uh, talking about Final Fantasy and zombie apocalypse stuff. And like it was it was we were friends immediately. And then after the show got over, um, invited me to stay at her place in Venice and train. And I ended up never coming home. So that's kind of the way that went. (laughs) If there was a zombie apocalypse, would you go out to her farm and, and, and handle it together? Or do you like, do you have a zombie apocalypse plan in place? Well, I think living in a, she lives in obviously a far more rural area. So I think her, her place is a more long-term plan. I'm enough that I can hold up in here for a second, but I definitely think that, uh, I'd have to have a plan to either get out there. I have a few other friends that are that are um, badasses as well. So, you know, all my friends have to be prepared for such things in order to be in my friend group. So I have no lack of places to go, for sure. I have two people where I go like, hmm, if a zombie apocalypse <laughs> were to happen or apocalypse in general, I go, I wonder which one would be more important to go to. Because I have one friend who's just equipped with guns. Like, he's got guns. He loves guns. 
he can hunt, he can do all those kinds of things. I'm like, that seems important. But then I have another, my, my fiance, her friend, one of her best friends, they've got like a water tower on their property. And I'm like, mm. ooh, that also seems pretty important. I don't know which one's more important. So I, I, I also feel like I need to put a plan together. When I had Damian Priest on the show, he told me he has like a full plan ready to go in place. And then when I tried to like ask him what it was, he was like, I can't tell you because I don't want yeah, there to be proof out, of, yeah. my, of my plan out there for others. <laughs> yeah. For sure. All I know is, uh, you know, the worlds that I come from, I have lots of badasses in my life. That's all I'm going to say. So just stay away from me <laughs> and you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, was it weird, you know, after all this time of being friends with Rhonda and you guys being so tight, the four horsewomen, was it weird being on opposite sides of the ring recently? Uh, so, you know, it's always something where... Um, Rhonda's one of my closest friends. So we have an understanding and um, it's an understanding as very close friends that I, I have a deeper understanding of Rhonda than anybody that's going to be watching and vice versa. So um, that's how I'll word that. We have an understanding and it's it, it, similar to uh, when we were both in the UFC at the time, it, we had this talk and it was like, man, if one of my friends earns a title shot, isn't it more of a jerk move to deny them that title just because they're my friend? Like it should be, I, oh, you earned it. I should give it to you. Like that's, it's more selfish to say like, no, we're friends. I'm not going to fight you for the title. Like well, if you earn it, you, you, you should be able to get it. And so we had that talk in the UFC. And so I, we have an understanding um, in this sport also. And, you know, she's one of my closest friends. That's all. Well, it's kind of like playing a video game with your best friend. Like, you're not going to say, like, oh, I don't want to beat my best friend in the video game. You're like, no, I want to destroy my best friend in the video game. So yeah. every time we hang out, I can throw it in their face. I say that, too. Like, when when if you're a linebacker and your best friend's the quarterback on the other team, you're not not trying to touch him. You're <laughs> you're like you want to paste him into the ground even harder almost. So <laughs> now nah, we, we we have an understanding and like, you know, it's it's um we're kind of doing our own thing at the moment. And just because of the way the landscape of the WWE, our paths are going to cross uh, from time to time or run real close next to each other. But uh, yeah, like I said, we have an understanding. She's one of my best friends. Um, she would, you know, give the clothes off her back to me if I only asked. And then that's the same opposite. So well, because you have that understanding of Rhonda so well, and from what you just said, you know, how close you guys are, giving the clothes off her back, uh, is it tough for you to see how much hate she gets online and just not say anything? Man, here's the thing. Um, I know I know Rhonda enough to know she, she, she does not spend her time on social media. And anytime she comments is because someone has said, hey, Rhonda, you should comment on this one, which isn't often because she'll still be like, why? Who cares? Um, I, I get frustrated when it, it, it's a little more selfish than that. I get frustrated if I were to ever speak out. So if I were to say something, someone, if someone were to put like name the top three women's fighters of all time, if I put Rhonda in that list immediately, they're like, nah, she got exposed. But it's like, man, like that, like, see, even now it's bothering me in a hypothetical, like 
just because she lost and you didn't like her personality, like you're letting it cloud the fact that she like changed women's fighting. There would not be women in the UFC, at least, at least not for a while, uh, if it wasn't for her. And, and, and to deny that, like, she did great things, like to discredit her just because she had a loss and then you didn't like her personality. Like, I feel, I, tr I really feel like if she had lost and then come on a podcast and been like, I la 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 and been like super humble, not Rhonda, not herself, people would say she was the greatest ever. But because she lost and really took it to heart and hated it, uh, people hate her. So they have to discredit everything about her. And that's that's annoying to me. Like, don't you know what I mean? I can say uh, I might not enjoy that Amanda Nunes beat Ronda and talk smack about her after the fact. But I can say that Amanda Nunes is one of the best fighters, women's fighters of all time. I can do that. So it's, uh, it, it bothers me that like regular fans can't do that. So no, it bothers me too. Uh, even, even now it's going to get, just watch the comments on this. It'll get a whole bunch of like, ah, nah, shit, nah, nah. like it's, it's <laughs> no, but I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I remember, man, I remember when I worked at TMZ, I, I vividly remember Dana White so many times saying, I'm never going to have women in the UFC. Yeah. I'm never going to have There's women video in the UFC. Of it. There's so much video of him just being like, yeah. never going to happen. Don't want it. And I remember Ronda coming in, hosting TMZ. And then like not long after that, blowing up like in terms of like just the whole world knowing her even more. Get, and then him doing a full 180. And like like you said, that never would have happened without you know, how without her skill, without her, you know, star power, without everything that she brought perfect, to it. Yeah, the perfect, like, storm of a human that it took to convince Dana. Because were there great fighters just as good as Ronda before that that you guys don't know about because you didn't pay attention to anything before the OC? Yes, absolutely. I wish there was a way I could, like, zap. Maybe one day I'll, I'll make a Twitter thread or something of, like, epic women's fights that you missed that are, like, skilled and would blow your mind um, but it took Rhonda. It, that that's a fact. It took Rhonda, um, being the perfect personality, being the first like female that could sell a fight, like and and you know I had fought much much longer before Rhonda did. Rhonda was doing judo, and for so long it had been like, let's just show the men that we can fight just like them guys. Let's help each other out. But it took Rhonda being like, no, screw you. I'm the best. Come beat me. And then people being like, I want to watch this because I want to, ho I hope somebody kicks her butt. Like nobody had done that in women's MMA yet. And so, um, you know, it's, it's just, like I said, the perfect storm of a person. That's such a good way to describe Rhonda too. <laughs> the perfect storm of a person that it took to convince Dana, like, Oh, okay. This is this is this is worth my time, and you know, and now it's a it, there's a women's fight, there's a couple on every single fight card. So. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, let's do a few non wrestling questions before we close it out. Uh, yeah. I like asking some icebreaker related questions. What's the best thing that you've bought in the last six months? Ooh. Uh, I I does it count if I just got a Steam Deck? Yeah. I of bought course. it. Anything. I, what's like, your I favorite thing it. that you bought? Like I just got a Steam Deck yesterday. It just came. It's That's like one of those little things right. to the side where you push the buttons, right? No, it's this. Oh, 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 that's awesome. Oh, wait, I didn't even know they make those. Wait, so wait, that's like a yeah. that's like to play Steam games portably? 
Yes. And like AAA titles. Like I can what? play Elden Ring on this little thing. What? Elden Ring. Yeah. The Steam, yeah. So Steam awesome. sells that? Uh, Valve. That's Valve so cool. Valve made this. It's basically, uh, there's a, th this is crazy. I've been on a black hole, obviously, since I got it yesterday, but, but it, it's got like a desktop mode. So if you get like a portable screen, you basically have a laptop. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like it's basically a gaming laptop in the size, like a little bit bigger than a, than a Nintendo switch. Dang. That's like, so sick. And so you can play your game. So at this computer, I'm playing my steam game. And then when I leave town all the time, because I live on the road, I bring this along and my game's still with me and I don't need to carry a big laptop. I don't need to. It, it's it's awesome. So it's got to be that just I mean, I know it's new and no, exciting for me right now, but that's 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 got to be it. No, that's super counts, dude. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. If you had a time machine, would you go back in time to a certain period or would you visit the future? Man. That's a good one. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I'd want to. I don't know if I'd want to know the future without having lived it first. And what I mean by that is I would love to go back all the way back and relive my whole life with the knowledge of what I'm going to be now that I've already lived it. Okay. Like, I don't think I don't think if I knew um, like what was going to happen in each of the like monumental moments in my life or what I believe to be monumental. I don't think that it would have been the same. Uh, I don't think I would have ended up in the same spot. So I'd want to live like the future before I went back and, and then lived it with the knowledge of the future. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Like, I, yeah. I was thinking the same thing about visiting the future, like as cool as it sounds. And you think like, Oh, like there's probably flying cars and all this cool technology, but like, <laughs> who knows what future you're going into? Like, at least with the past, you go like, well, yeah. I know what happened in all these decades, so I can at least go. I want to see, I don't know, Woodstock, you know? <laughs> like, but if yeah, you go yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna go 100 years in the future, you might be trapped there. Like, you don't know, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you go like to Warhammer, if you go to the year 40,000 in the future, there is only war and it's grim, dark, and everything's horrible. <laughs> like, what if you get stuck there? That's terrible, you know? Is Warhammer... I was going to ask you, and I don't want to run out of time here. Is Warhammer... Is it like a Dungeons & Dragons game? Is that is it like a board game type um, thing? Or is it like also a computer type game? So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot like Dungeons & Dragons in that there is a tabletop um, arm of it, which is like the, the, the major part of it. There's books. There's video games. Um, but there is Warhammer Fantasy, which is like your Dungeons and Dragons with your wizards and 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 you know fantasy stuff. It's a lot like World of Warcraft, I guess. Um, and then there's Warhammer 40k, which is in the far future, like I said, in the year 40,000, and it's all sci-fi. So it's okay. like space marines, and they're fighting in space, and there's aliens and um, chaos gods. But it's the same universe. It's just ones in the far future and one is fantasy I, is, I i i ascribe more to the sci-fi side i like okay. that part of it okay but is that yeah. is that one also not just a board game or whatever yeah, it's like they're all both, they're both kind of like different worlds all encompassing basically it's kind of like the same universe but like different time periods i Got guess it. like star wars where that's, it's like it, different time periods but yeah yeah much yeah sort apart. of like that but like yeah one is because there's 
oh god not to get too much into it but there's like these four bad guy chaos gods the four gods of evil and they are in warhammer fantasy the same as they are in warhammer 40k uh but they're like completely different things obviously because it's like spaceships and laser cannons and then these guys are like spells and you know what i mean like so it's it's look it's nerdy i've already look i ruined everything no one's ever gonna believe i'm um Taking You're a tough such guy joy now. and yeah, <laughs> badass over here talking about nerd stuff all the time. But, but that- it's war. Yeah. It's space war. It is badass. That is true. Star Wars also a space war. Warhammer yes. it's a space war. These are all space war things, and yes, they are it's a tough war. <laughs> all right, well we've reached the end here, but I like to end my show with a segment each week that I call the finishing move. Let's start off by talking about yours. Who's your favorite person to lock in the cure for you to clutch on and why? Um, uh, I would have to say, I mean, I, 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 I default to Kyrie because I feel like there are certain wrestling soulmates that people have. And, and I, I feel like she's one of mine. Um, we, you know, we had some epic times. She, she like I wish people could understand that the Joshi girls are so tough that they want me to put that on like put it on them and to me that makes it that makes it fun I I, I see now now I'm getting it back now there we I'm go it back. we ended it all that's I I'm bringing it back for the end that's why I do yeah. this at the end you know <laughs> so uh, yeah so I think like anytime I can keep things as real as I can is gonna be more fun for me so. Uh, if you could steal a famous submission move from a from a legend of of the past and make it your own, which would you choose? Um. Oh man, you're killing me here. You're killing me. <laughs> There's so many to choose from. I know it's tough. Well, so like I knee jerk into, uh, like I guess Billy Robinson with the double wrist lock. If I could. I use it so much as a way to like work the limb. Um, if there's a time ever that I could really just tear someone's arm off and have that be a thing that, that, that would be, that would be, you know, I picked the Kirifuda because I can get it from almost anywhere. And the double wrist lock is another one that I can get from almost anywhere. So I feel like if it was going to be something else, it would just be that just because of the versatility. Love it. And lastly, what's the most memorable time that you locked in the Kirifuda clutch on someone? Um, I think, uh, there was anytime I see they're all flooding in, but anytime someone was flying through the air and I caught them, I think is always super epic. And I've done it a couple times. Um, uh, those are the, those are the, I don't know when I'm, when I'm conscious enough to see someone flying in the air and I can measure them out and catch them. That one's pretty good. The first one, the first one though, that came to mind just so that I'm not choosing a cop-out answer was in the Mae Young Classic when Candace was going to hit me with her. Um, she did this neck breaker off the top rope. Um, and I like reversed it and came off the top with her in it. You guys can go back and watch that. I'll, I'll add the clip in. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, it's, it's that one is the first one that came to mind. And then it just flooded with getting people in midair with it. So. Well, well, I appreciate you doing this very much. Obviously, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours. And so I'm glad we finally got to do this. I appreciate you coming on the show very much. Have a good one. 
Oh, you're a friend of mine. Let's go. <laughs> Appreciate it. Have a good one, Shana. See you later. Really appreciate you doing this. This was super fun. Sweet. I'm glad I finally get to be on. Whenever you put, like, who do you want to see next? I'm always like, come on, fans. <laughs> Tag me in this. Well, uh, dude, honestly. I, I'm into so many cool things. People like, like dude, people that I'm actually friendly with, like you, I I was trying my best to hold off as long as possible to do them in person, but, like, oh. it's so hard to get those locked in and to schedule them during pay-per-views and stuff. So I was like, finally, I was like, no, we're fucking doing this. Like, I'm just, I'm, requ I'm requesting her now. I don't want to wait much right. longer. That's all right, it's good. <laughs> I, I'm, in, I'm into so much cool stuff. We could do it again and have a whole different episode. <laughs> I know, dude, I have so many other oh. things that I had written down that I was like, but I wanted to talk about all those things. And I hope, I'm, I just hope my crew doesn't yell at me about Star Wars talk. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't spoil anything. I think, yeah, I don't think we spoiled anything. <laughs> he says my ears no. say it a little bit. <laughs> no, because look, you guys already know. See, they're going to get mad at me. But you've seen the original Star Warses that take place after Kenobi. So you kind of already know yeah. what the ending is. We're not spoiling anything. All right. Log out before we get in more trouble. <laughs> All right. Later, Shayna. I'll see you later. Peace. Well, that was my conversation with Shayna Baszler. What a cool person. I feel like she's got so many interests that we could have talked for another hour about all the cool stuff that she's into. And also her thoughts on the wrestling business. There's so much to to, to pull from that brain. Really cool person. Really enjoyed our conversation. All right, let's do some housekeeping here. Make sure that you subscribe to the Out of Character podcast feed, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Make sure that you are subscribed to this show on there. If you're watching on YouTube right now, pull up your phone. I know you have it. Go subscribe to this feed. And if you liked this show, if you like the podcast, you like the interviews that we do here on Out of Character, that I do on here uh, on Out of Character, please leave a review as well. It helps out a ton. Even if you just do the star rating and you click five, because obviously you would rate it five if you were going to review this show, uh, uh, click that on there. It helps a lot. It helps this show grow, and I appreciate it very much. I also read all the reviews. Uh, I call out some of them on the Raw and SmackDown roundups that I'm going to be doing every week that I've started. So please, please make sure that you subscribe to the Add a Character feed. And if you're already listening there and you're like, God, Ryan, are you still talking about it? We're already subscribed on the podcast feed. Go to the YouTube channel. That's how you can do your part here. Go to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel and subscribe there as well as where you can find clips from Raw. You can find clips from SmackDown. You can find clips from this show. You can find YouTube shorts. All that stuff that you guys want, you can find it on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel, and you can watch this show when it premieres every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Also, you probably already are, obviously, because you're a smart person if you're watching this, but make sure that you go follow WWE on Fox on social media as well. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. If you're on there, we are too. Go follow us. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time. I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now.